Streamers, and welcome back to another episode of My Streaming Bubble. I'm your host, Jen, and this is that podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. Today being tolerated via Skype is my buddy, Eric, and he's back today to continue our discussion on The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, part two, season two, whatever. (laughs) Hi, everybody. (laughs) Welcome back, Eric. Thanks for being here today, virtually. Well, I'm happy to be here, even with all this quarantine going on. At least we're still able to do this. So thank you, technology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right on. So been, you know, we did a little quick chit chat before we started recording, but you know, mm. sounds like things are going well for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things are going well. Uh, we're, you know, just like everybody else. Well, well, the people who are thinking properly about this, hunkering down and uh, not trying to get out too much or, you know, just doing our role, you know, and yep. if we have to go out, take the right precautions. But doing a lot of TV watching and uh, watching movies, getting uh, doing house projects. So it's we're just trying to do what we can to keep ourselves busy. Right on. Right on. You guys baking quarantine bread? I actually suggested the other week we should make a loaf of banana bread because it's been a minute. And we had some bananas that were going really bad, but I think we ended up tossing them. So, yeah, that's all right. Why have you? Have you been making quarantine bread? No, I haven't made any quarantine bread. I almost bought yeast at the store a couple weeks ago, but I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm not to the point yet where (laughs) I feel the need to like take out my aggressions by like kneading dough or anything so no i'll just continue to bake cookies and cupcakes and we'll just eat our feelings we'll just eat the loneliness a lot of us are doing that right now so (laughs) no judgments over here (laughs) right on yeah no judgment anyone it's quarantine do what you gotta do to maintain some semblance of sanity Mm -hmm, i hear you so as you know over the last two days i have powered through season two of uh sabrina Mm -hmm. um this is like my third or fourth time or fifth time or tenth time i don't know watching this season i don't know how many (laughs) times i've watched it at this point but it's the first time i've ever watched a show and took notes yeah Um, what'd you think of that it's it's work isn't it (laughs) it is it is i found myself pausing a lot rewinding things like that just to say wait wait what what did she say what 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 is it? What is Father Blackwood doing? Wait a minute. And I'm jotting all this down. I'm like, God, does Jen do this for every show? <laughs> God. I do. <laughs> oh, it's like a, it is work. It's a lot of work because you're, you get a hand cramp, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I've tried to ease up on some of my note taking. And instead of trying to write down like every thought or reaction, like I've decided I'm like, well, this is a new thing I'm going to try. I'll just watch the episode and enjoy mm-hmm. it as just someone watching a show. Mm-hmm. Anything that sticks out when I'm done, I'll jot those things real quick. So then I have the actual points of the things I want to bring up. So do you do that after you watch each episode or do you watch the series and then take your notes? Um, well, it, it's a, it's, it was an idea that I had, I haven't actually put it into practice yet. 
Like uh-huh. I've watched some shows, but I haven't jotted anything down yet. So I guess I'm going to just wait until I finish the season oh, and right then on. maybe compile my notes from kind of the things that stood out. Um, yeah. But yeah. well, without so, further ado. Oh, did you have something else you wanted to add quick? Oh, no, not add. I wanted to start by asking you the first question, if that's OK. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just give me your first overall opinion of season two in comparison to one. So did you find it to be a little darker, maybe a little uh, a little more lighthearted? Like if you had to describe it in just a few words, what would you how would you put it? <laughs> um, well, first of all, I can't describe anything in a few words. So <laughs> but Fair enough. I think maybe compared to this to the first season, you know, because the first season it, it established all the characters, the the main plot point. She signs the Book of Beast at the end, and Sabrina does, and then so now she's kind of really coming into her the witchy side of her, of herself. Mm-hmm. So I liked it in the sense that everyone kind of knew where they were at in a sure. you know what I mean. It's just that nothing wrong with first seasons and setting everything up that's obviously needed in a show so you can know who these people are and whether or not to give a shit about them yeah um sometimes it can be really drawn out and maybe a little boring not that this first season was at all but right this one i really the second season i liked it it was i liked i realized during the second rewatch that I think I like the second half of the season of this season better than like the first half. So pretty much any everything from the missionaries episode. Sure. On, sure. I felt sure. like that was really what was going on with the season. Whereas the first few episodes, it, it I guess the first few, the first half really kind of set it up to be Blackwood is like this gigantic misogynistic piece of shit. Which he is. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, they really wanted to like establish that and hammer that home and everything. Um, the one, the one plot point within the first half of the season that I really, really liked was um, Theo's development. Susie mm-hmm. going to mm-hmm. Theo, um, mm-hmm. having that conversation with his father, and that going as well as it did. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that was great. I, yeah, I really liked that. Um, yeah, in the first half, we see. Harvey and Roz get together and Harvey's still really boring. <laughs> oh, Harvey. <laughs> he he annoyed me slightly less this season because again with with his character development, <laughs> he he, you know, said, I'm not gonna be afraid anymore. I'm not a coward. And he's really holding on to that. And he really seems to believe that now, whereas kind of before it was this is how I want to be. This is the type of person I want to be. And I'm taking those first steps. So they're a little shaky. There uh, is a fine yeah, difference season. between season one Harvey and season two Harvey. And I know that you know my opinion on Harvey's care. Well, I still don't know yet if it's the character of Harvey or if it's the actor who portrays Harvey. I don't know yet. But when watching it this time and taking my notes and realizing the things I'm writing down about Harvey... He's changed dramatically between the first two seasons. And like you said, he realizes more of who he wants to to be, the man he wants to become, you Mm -hmm. know, and I respect that about him. Um, He's 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 facing his fears this season. We see him doing that when he goes into the mines with his father, kind of towards the second half of the season and going to Hell's Gates with Roz and Theo, you know, just facing like like i just said facing his fears being 
and just overcoming all of these obstacles that he felt like were standing in his way in order to uh, be the person that he wants to be and also the person that he wants to prove to his friends that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, still not the biggest Harvey fan, but after jotting down notes about things I've noticed uh, this time around, I respect the character a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, it's unfortunate the turn that it took in season three, but we'll talk, we'll talk about that later. But I did, I did start season three. Cause I was like, the first time I finished season two, I was like, okay, all right. Now, like I'm hooked back into it. It's kind of one of those shows where if I'm, if I away from it for too long, I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good show. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But once I get back into it, I'm just like, give me all of it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Watch it all. Um, oh, I did. I did think, um, I do think Harvey and Roz being together definitely makes Harvey a better person. And I also think just Roz is better for him than Sabrina because we saw, you know, the lying and everything. And now kind of her really spending more time at the Academy of, at the Academy. (laughs) Yeah, the Um, Academy of Unseen Arts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, she she wouldn't have made she would have made a worse girlfriend for him for Harvey oh, oh, in yeah, this season. Yeah, she, so. would, she she would have torn him in half. And uh, it's interesting because you know, with her to decide to attend, we find out at the beginning of the season, or the very first episode of season two, that she's going to be attending the academy full time. Well, uh, yep. <laughs> you know, um, and sit and get you know study more. You know, the 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 witch side of her education that she wants to learn, whatever. I wrote this down. She actually said uh, something that I thought was pretty interesting. She said, it's a new year, a new cycle, uh, time to blow the cobwebs away, which I thought was actually a pretty good depiction of what this season brought on in comparison to number to the first one, because season one, like, it's kind of like what you said. It's like, we, we got to meet these people. We got to get to kind of know them, but Season two brought things out in them. I feel like yeah. we we learned that Sabrina's Sabrina's got a dark side. You know, she yeah. and yeah. she's like in that first you know, like in that first episode where she confronts Ambrose about uh, being uh, uh, assaulted by uh, one, one one of the plague kings, mm. um, the one in the in the library, uh, Asmodeus. Yeah, Osmodius is his name. Um, he's the one who, sh- you know, he's the rat plague. Yeah. Um, she blames Luke for for that. And when she confronts Ambrose, it's, it's like the room is shaking. Ambrose mm-hmm. is, you're, is getting scared. You see this darker side of Sabrina coming out. And yeah, and, you know, in season one, you didn't really get that. You, you saw she was a little bit like vengeful for the sake of her friends. But now she's starting to... Like, I guess, instead of just doing stuff to stick up her friends, now she's saying, eh, don't cross me. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I liked the end of that uh, confrontation, too, because then uh, Hilda pops in and, you know, right away, they're both just kind of like, oh, nothing. Nothing's <laughs> happening, Auntie. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was just. Hilda, she tells Hilda to go back to bed and Hilda's like, what? Excuse me, oh, Missy? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and she's just like, kind of. Speaking of Hilda real quick, she she might be my favorite character this season. I, I think, you know, like I love Zelda and Ambrose. I think those are definitely my fate. Some of my, you know, like top favorites. Mm-hmm. But I think Hilda really kind of stole the show in this season 
she definitely became more of a of a powerhouse and someone not mm. really to fuck with. It's just like when she confronted the what, the one teacher at the academy that had been oh Zelda. Uh, I don't remember her first name. Her last name's Jackson, but Jackson, uh, yeah, yeah. Miss Jackson. <laughs> and uh, and just I mean that scene perfectly describes like Hilda really in this season. You know, everyone thinks that she's so docile and sweet, and she's not going to do harm to anyone. But she'll make you almond cookies to hide the fucking rat poison. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fucking crazy. Yeah, no, and actually, no, that's a great point. I mean, she's um, uh, she sticks up for her family. You know, she, Hilda's definitely someone who wa- doesn't want to like, steer towards confrontation, but she's not afraid to uh, finish the fight and to stand up what yeah. she's like, like uh, fast forwarding here to the missionaries episode, you know, when the angel came into Dr. Cerberus's shop, you know, she yeah. knew she she knew she was no match for that for the angel, but. She knew Dr. Cerberus was, so she brought out the incubus in him, mm-hmm. and uh, they said that the angel fleed. I like to believe that he tore her to shreds, and now he's, she's sitting in the back of his shop, but, you know, it's still kind of a teen show, so whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, she's, she's not afraid to fight dirty if she has to. I, I think that's good. I think that's good. <laughs> yeah, and then she, um, in the second half of the season, when she's confronting the Dark Council about Blackwood and everything... And they're just oh. kind of they try and just shoo her away. And then she kind of turns around and confronts them. And um, God, I wish I'd written down like her little speech. Cause I just thought it was so, it was so great. And it was so cute. It's still a very like Hilda speech, but mm-hmm. I was like, good, you know, good for you for standing up to them and yeah. I don't have to bugger off. Well, didn't yeah. she, the, the get the lead council member came to their house and said, basically, oh, the way I acted was all a show for the console, but he was getting mm-hmm. all grabby and touchy getting with her. On her. Yeah, and so, uh, like, a couple scenes later, when Zelda walks in the room, we see that he's sitting there in chair covered in spider webs, and yep. and, and Zelda's like, what, what happened? And she's like, got handsy. <laughs> and Zelda's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> all right, that's understandable. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah so uh, Hilda Hilda was great this season. Um, I loved her. And then, which we kind of needed because of what Blackwood ended up doing to Zelda, to Aunt Z. Yeah. yeah. So they end up, you know, they get they get married uh, in the first half of the season. And, you know, Z's, Zelda's doing it more as like a, you know, power move and doesn't really give a shit about being married to Blackwood. But... Just having that status. Right, we go on the right, honeymoon right. and she comes back all sorts of Stepford. When she appeared no. in that goddamn dress, I was like, oh, this something's no. not. <laughs> it's a clear <laughs> sign that she's not herself. Yeah. Uh, but once she gets snapped out of it, though, after uh, Sabrina kind of like breaks the music box or whatever she does, that's kind of keeping her under that spell. As soon as she sees it, she's like, she's like, uh, what the what the heaven am I wearing or something like that? Satan in hell, what am I wearing? Satan in hell, what am I wearing? Um, love it. I just I loved all those little like you know anti pope or pope and um unholiness and holiness. Last time, everything's just like the opposite. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. love that stuff. And and uh, I thought they just did a really good just continuing that on. And I tried to write it down every time 
there was one just to see how many I could get. I I couldn't keep up. (laughs) I like that uh, the anti-Pope's like headquarters is underneath the Vatican in the, uh, what do they call it? Necropolis, (laughs) I think. Like, like, how perfect is that? I mean, that's good writing right there. I love that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's perfect. It just kind of mirrors exactly like the show itself with the Satanism, you know, the Church of Night and their version of Satanism and everything. And just being that contrast to like even holy shit unholy shit you know mm-hmm. but, right. yeah so z gets all sorts of under a spell brainwashed she comes out of it i will have to say i felt like there was after watching this season a second time i felt like there was just a lot going on yeah and yeah. and you even get that in i think it's the last episode when you know it's like the the gates of hell have opened uh, Hilda just killed a council member. Blackwood's trying to change everything about the Church of Night to the Church of Judas. And he's like poisoned the whole, the whole Church comment. of Night congregation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I And just they come in and they're like, blah, 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 but blah, blah, blah. And this and this. And you're just like, wow, there there was a lot, lot going on this season. Right. But it all felt relevant to mm-hmm. kind of the overall story of the and it did. And I think it all actually starts, it, it all goes back to the first episode of season two, actually, because I totally agree. We learned more in this season about how, you know, the witches live and their traditions and their history. I feel like we learned a lot more about who these people are and where they came from in this season than in the previous season. And one of the things that stands out from season one, or or not season one, I'm sorry, episode one of season two is the tradition of top boy Mm, yes Uh, um, i think they did a really good job of explaining what top boy was top boy is pretty much for the most part from what i from what i grabbed you get elected top boy you're pretty much going to be almost guaranteed to be you know the head of the church uh i wrote something down actually about gateway to high priests that's it i couldn't think of what the name is like edward spellman was top boy and he was high priest. Uh, Blackwood was top boy. He was high priest. It seemed like they wanted to mold Nicholas to be top boy so he could eventually ascend as high priest. But Sabrina being Sabrina comes in and says, why does it have to be top boy? Mm-hmm. You know, like, eh, let's, I'm not having any of that. <laughs> right. And, um, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. And she proves good points. I think, uh, we talked before about how uh, Sabrina tries to recreate the wheel. Sometimes it doesn't always work, but this is a situation where it's like, yes, I mean, this is, this is a, this is a modern age. She's a modern, she's a modern witch, you know? Mm-hmm. And throughout this season, we see her trying to make those changes again, but it feels like she's, she's doing it so she can bring people together, you know, and have unity. This it seems like the, for this season, she had another thing Sabrina was aiming for, not for herself, but I think for overall, the overall uh, amount of things is uh, acceptance. Like she wanted accept it, she wanted it to be accepted that a, a, a woman could be top boy, or mm-hmm. she wanted to be, she wanted it to be accepted that you know mortals and in in, uh, in in witches and warlocks can mingle and can live together mm-hmm. without people trying to kill each other you know Susie trying Uh, out for the boys basketball team before she came out of steel exactly exactly no No, that's Uh, that's a great point 
And, and so this season, I really got a lot of sense of acceptance and who we are and who we could be together, except it is who we are separately, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, you know? It Black, does. And Blackwood wants to keep things traditional, you know, yeah. misogynistic. And, you know, like when, right after the wedding where he told uh, Zelda, you know, you forget your place, dear. A wife yep. walks behind her, her husband. She gives him the look, but at the same time, she's not going to defy him because of who he is. But Zelda is mm-hmm. also more traditional. And actually, something I liked about this season, Zelda, although she is still Zelda, and she even went under that brief transformation that we saw after she got married, she came out of her shell a lot, too, after she came off came out from under his spell. Mm-hmm. She started seeing the ways uh, that... You know, the church was being ran by him and did not like it. So, yeah. well, I was know. just going to add to that, that she was even willing to stand up to the Dark Lord himself to yes. protect Sabrina. Exactly. Exactly. You know, Which uh, I thought, yes, says a lot about it's like, yeah, we see in the first season that the Church of Night and her unholy faith are very important to her. Yeah. Um, but in this season, we really get more of the sense that it's still important, but her family can and will always come first. And yeah. I mean, I think we saw that in the first season, but I mean, the fact that she just straight up, they straight up said, Oh, you are going to defy the dark Lord. Sure. And she's like to yeah. protect Sabrina. You're damn right. Yep. 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 Uh, and I think it, in her heart, she knew she wouldn't have been a match, but she would have died trying. So mm-hmm. overall, just seeing how the, seeing how from, you know, Sabrina to Zelda and beyond just how these characters are becoming more accepting of one another is really cool. But one thing that really confused me this season, yeah, and, and especially confused me after episode six, when Sabrina, uh, uh, the, during the missionaries episode, the three sisters still give Sabrina shit and still try to bring her down and try to bully her. Did she not just float in the air with three arrows sticking out of her body, bring people back from the dead, fires in her hands, and yet you're still going to call her like a what, 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 a half-breed? Yeah. I think that very next episode, it's like, really, Prudence? After mm-hmm. all that, you're still going to call her a half-breed? So let's talk about Prudence then for a little bit, because I I really like Prudence. I like the weird sisters. I wish we got more Agatha than Dorcas. Um, just, cause, you know, Agatha's the Asian one, so I got to root for the Asian one. But um, you actually prove a point. She doesn't have enough screen time, though. Either way. Yeah, she does not yeah. have enough screen time. Um, and it's given more to <laughs> to Dorcas, to the white one. So but with Prudence. The thing that breaks my heart for her, because I think she is like a very strong witch and very powerful and has a lot of kind of pull within the Church of Night and everything, Uh is that she's just so caught up with getting, you know, daddy's approval and trying so hard to be a Blackwood and get that Blackwood name. Yeah. and then Edward just being that piece of shit of always like, first of all, telling her that she's never going to be a Blackwood. She could never be top boy, even with a Blackwood name, even more so if she had a Blackwood name. And so he does all these things to continuously put her down, but she keeps trying for his 
respect and affection or whatever it is. But you can see it in her eyes every time he cuts her down. You see it in her eyes, which is great acting, that she's just kind of like, like, God, he's a piece of shit. Why am I continuing to put up with this? It breaks her heart. It does. Do you You think she was, do you think it was her kind of fulfilling that emptiness of being of, you know, well, not emptiness, but like, yeah, I mean, it was more about wanting the power or wanting the, a a the father figure. I think it was about the, I mean, I I think it truly was about the idea of her being accepted by her father. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, look at, look at the things she did this season. I mean, she ratted out Zelda um about the baby and that's like that just goes to my point like that just utterly pissed me off like you after everything everything that you know like you said with the missionary episode and sabrina kind of floating up in the you know in the the unholy trinity or whatever yeah after all of these things and after your time with ambrose and you're still gonna betray the spellman family like that i and and and, you know the funny thing is is that it's funny you say that because the Spellmans have never really mistreated her no. in any way. They've always tried to accept Prudence and let Prudence know, hey, we got no problems with you. But Prudence is always like, you know, like, die half-breed, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's she, some it, it's, still some maybe maybe Prudence is threatened by the closeness of their family, because that's truly what I think it is. It's some sort of oh, jealousy she, and mm-hmm. She grew up an orphan. She didn't know until, I mean, aside, we talked about this last time. Aside from Sabrina, we don't really know how old any of these characters actually mm-hmm. are. So Prudence could be well into her, like her 50s, you know, for all we know. True. But she's just found out that the head of the Church of Night is her father. And it's not just the idea of, oh, the, you know, it's Father Blackwood. That's my dad. It's the fact that my, my my dad has been under my nose the whole time, and he's known it. Yeah. And he's never even made any acknowledgement of it. So, so late in her life, however old she is, I'm going to research. I'm going to find out how old these characters are. Just at this point in her life, she's now trying to, you know, you know, trying to build this relationship with her, with her father. And he's just like, you know, my newborn son and daughter have more of a name right than you do. Mm-hmm. My wife, who is currently a spellman, is going to have more of a name right than you will. It's, And she confronts him about that. She confronts yeah. him that, is she going to take your last name before me? And he says yes. And then she has, is Sabrina going to take your last name? And then, of course, Blackwood's like, never. But she's a very sympathetic character. Yeah, she she's I think she's one of those. She's like a perfect example of I don't think she's like that bad when it comes to bullying. She's a bully, but, you know, she, she there's a lot of things you could feel sorry for her about. But you could clearly see that her bullying comes out of her from her torment of just being an orphan and being just, you know, living the life that she did. Mm-hmm. Um, do we ever find out anything about her mother? I don't think we do. Not in this season. We don't. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I'm also I mean, a little curious. Yeah, I'm also a little curious about just her connection to um, Agatha and Dorcas. And oh, sure. You know, why they kind of formed that bond to be the weird. Like, we know that they have they're bound by um, telekinesis. Yeah, right. And but 
at one point, at what point did they come together to, to be bonded like that? So I'm something, a little curious about that. Something drew them together. And, you know, my guess is they probably known each other since they were girls in the orphanage or however they were. Yeah. They, they, up. you know, there's gotta be some sort of, you know, uh, orphanage for witches and warlocks they all grew up together they all probably went to the academy together at the same time and you know they're like those friends that you're going to have for the rest of your life you know Mm -hmm. and you only have like one or two of those really in your life so but no i would love to actually get to know more about the weird sisters backstories you know um you know even as a even outside of Sabrina, I feel like the three of them could probably have their own spinoff series. You know, I, I it's ooh, damn, Maybe. I won't stop thinking about that now. I'm not <laughs> thinking about that. Um, but yeah, and as far as like the other si- weird sister goes, uh, you're right. Agatha doesn't really get a lot of screen time in this season. She she's there a little bit. She gets a lot more in season three. I feel, and I think season four she's going to play a big role. Especially with the way season three ends. Have you have you watched season three yet? Not all the way yet. Don't worry, I won't tell you. But okay. I think with the way season three ends, we can expect more things from Agatha coming in season four. That's just what I think. But Dorcas had a somewhat bigger role in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first it starts with uh, Lupercalia. Lupercalia. Yeah. Where again, she tells Sabrina, Nicholas is mine, half breed. You know, during the uh, during the uh, uh, the dance, and then of course, you know, they glamour one of the other students to look like Melvin. Nicholas, Melvin. And I end up loving Melvin. Melvin's great. Ends up falling for Melvin too. Yes, that so, was so cute. That was actually really cute during the missionary um, episode, and you know, because we'll talk a little bit more about that episode too. But when she's tied to the stake and then Melvin's throat gets slashed. Like, she's so sad. Yeah. Oh, like, Dorcas, you came around to him. That's so cute. <laughs> it, 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 it is cute. And, you know, but <sighs> Dorcas is also just, uh, of the three sisters, even though Agatha gets the least screen time, I like Agatha a lot better than Dorcas. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I just do. Uh, Dor- Dorcas is a bitch. She's a she's she's a she is a mean girl. <laughs> she is a mean girl. <laughs> to just be kind of like, just like a little whiny and bratty in the Lupercalia episode where she's like, well, it's my turn because you know Prudence got a turn and Agatha got a turn and blah 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 blah. I just ugh, that's just that's just gross behavior. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, well, also in that episode, it was uh, you remember it was during was it. The third part of Lupercalia, I'm not pronouncing that night, Lupercalia? Lupercalia, okay, that's gonna bug me. Uh, during the hunt, the the third part of it, where the whole Red Riding Hood thing comes into play, yeah. and she basically bombards Nick, you yeah. know, yeah. and leaves Sabrina in the woods by herself to Nick's familiar to just tear her in half. Of course, she yeah. didn't know that yeah. was gonna happen, but still... I, and I felt like the addition of Nick's familiar storyline yeah. um, was a bit random. I felt like there was kind of enough going on with the Lupercalia episode because of the way the celebration and its three parts and everything. Yeah. And, you know, kind of I, I really bringing love- Nick and, and Sabrina closer together. But I suppose because it was Sabrina that killed Nick's familiar for yeah. him. So maybe it was just to kind of showcase 
that again, yeah, there's like a, a, a true darkness within Sabrina. Cause while she did it as, you know, similar to Tommy in first season as like a mercy. Well, she didn't kill Tommy. Oh, sorry. Think- oh, but yeah, you know but what I mean? Was, though, is, yeah, she was going to, um, but yeah. So in this season, kind of similar to that in that, it was a mercy to Nick, so he wouldn't have to. Yeah. But she seemed just a little too like, okay, I, I guess I'll kill you now <laughs> if you can't let us well, be at peace. So I think I, I think so. The name I think the name of the wolf was Amelia or Amelia, something like that. I personally thought it was actually kind of needed to bring her in. She didn't have to be in long term, just for that, just for that episode. But because it, it kind of showed a little more about Nick, it one it showed showed that Nick's not above lying to Sabrina. And granted, the lie that he told that that he did tell her kind of still makes you feel a bit sympathetic for him, uh, because you know after Nick's parents died, Amelia was the only family that he had, and she raised him as if he was one of her cubs. Totally get it. You can't kill her, but yep. I think Nick from the get go should have been honest about that with Sabrina. Like what was really, is that something that would have really been that hard to been honest about? If anybody is going to understand that it's going to be Sabrina, you know, but it it sets up a lot with Nick. It sets up his character because one, we show that Nick's a very emotional character. He is. Uh, He, 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 we see he becomes an alcoholic, you Mm -hmm. know, when he's at Dorian's gray room, which Brings up the point. How Nick? There's no way Nick is 16. Okay, <laughs> he can't be. All right, because he's the, already like one of he's since Edward Spellman. He is the most powerful conjurer. You know, because that's why at the end of the season, he takes in the Dark Lord. He's the only one. He's the only one who can. With yeah, flesh he, that could do it. And no, he's, no 16 year old can do that. I guarantee you. So. <laughs> One, yeah. and I didn't think about this till this play watched him when I was jotting this stuff down. But if Nick is as old as I'm thinking he is, Nick's a fucking pedophile. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and actually, I think that's the main point I wanted to get across. Yeah. <laughs> because there seems to be no limitations about these kids, kids, mind you, who were supposed to believe what they are drinking alcohol, you know, and. I get it. You're witches, you're warlocks, your bodies are probably built a little differently. But Sabrina is 16 drinking absinthe, you know, and it's like, I, uh, it's, I don't really, you know, what? I'm not going to judge. I, I drank when I was their age, whatever. Right. <laughs> but, but when you're portraying this on screen, you know, I think they have to be a little more, uh, they have to be a little more open about how old these characters are because it, I think it sends weird messages mm-hmm. because I truly do not think Nick is 16 years old, mainly because of what you just said. He just took in Satan into his body. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. It's weird. His, his claim that he's the most powerful um whatever since edward spellman so really between edward spellman and you assuming you are just maybe 16 17 years nobody else in between there has come along and 
that's a big gap. That's a, that's a, that's a big gap. <laughs> I mean, he he admired Edward Spellman. He yeah. wanted to be he he thrived to be like Edward Spellman. He didn't want to be like Father Blackwood, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. Nick has a great demeanor to him, and he knows his goals are set. And yeah. Nick's not a bad person. He's not. And you know, and maybe in you know, you know, this world, you know. Nick dating Sabrina is not unusual to anybody. No. You know, it could be. I mean, hell, Sabrina was pro, was basically married to the Dark Lord the moment she was born. Yeah. So we learned that actually right at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they should address, or at least do some something to address the the age gap issue there in the show. Because for me personally, it just causes a little confusion. Yeah. Uh, See, I just kind of assumed that the kids at the Academy of Unseen Arts were also teenagers, maybe more of a very, you know, but still within that, you know, 16, you know, maybe 18 or 19 age range, um, Mm -hmm. kind of all because it's there's not as many witches as there are like Mm -hmm. non witches. So it's more concentrated within that school to try and teach them all at private school setting. Well, Well, I think the big thing that really makes me think about that is Ambrose. And we discussed this last time. We don't really know how old Ambrose is, but we know he's been on a, under house arrest for 75 years and he doesn't look like he's a day over 27, right. you know? So it's just uh one of those things. It's what it's one of those uh um plot holes uh big enough to drive a double decker bus through. Right. <laughs> so. But and and I really came to like Nick because in, in the first season when they introduced Nick, you know, obviously you're like, oh, here here's the character that's going to drive the wedge between Sabrina and Harvey. Yeah. And maybe it was because like um, his, you know, he's got like the dark hair and everything. And where I was like, oh, he's, you know, he's a warlock, you know, maybe he's like the bad boy or whatever, you know, Harvey's the good boy. But in yeah. this season, like you said, very emotional, very kind of, I guess, like grounded in a sense where... He he wasn't this bad. He wore a lot of sweaters. <laughs> it looked like. Did he? <laughs> Did something that just move? Is there something? I swear to God, I thought I saw something. My blanket that... fell behind me. Oh, <laughs> I was like, you have a ghost. You have demons in your house. I probably do. I probably do. <laughs> but, um, but I yeah, see where you definitely you're was like more of um definitely more romantical mm-hmm. and. For some reason, and I think it was the look too, but I was just like, one of my notes is like, I'm getting some serious AC Slater vibes from AC AC Slater. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, maybe not personality, but just kind of look wise. I think maybe because the actor that plays uh, Nick, I think he's got little dimples. So and then the darker hair too, and so I was like, oh, it's like a little itty bitty baby AC Slater. I didn't even think about that. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, the romance, the like he's he seems like more of the romantic type because during Lupercalia, during the second part of it, uh, the courting, when yes. they're laying in the woods in their underwear for some reason, they're just, you know, Nick, <laughs> Nick tells her, you know, I just want to lay here with you, staring up at the stars and the moon. And like Sabrina's just like, oh, oh. or it's because he's really like 200 years old. <laughs> Exactly. He's an old time romantic. <laughs> so we don't know. We don't know. We don't but it's know. obvious. It's obvious he does care for her. Yeah. And um, 
you know, like you said, in season one, he seemed like he was being brought in as the character to drive the wedge between Sabrina and Harvey. But this season, we learn he's the character who he's actually the heartbroken one in the end. Harvey moves on, you know, yeah. and he does a good job doing it. Um, but Nick, especially as you'll see through season three, Nick is uh, Nick's not doing too well. Yeah. So. And you'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, Since I did watch the first few episodes of season three, I kind of got little glimpses of that and stuff. So I was like, okay, I just I yeah. need to stop for now. But yeah, I hear uh, you. just kind of real quick with the Lupercalia episode and back to there just being a lot going on in this season. Uh-huh. So we learn about Lupercalia, which is the witch's Valentine's Day slash big ass orgy. Oh, we yeah. learn about Dr. Serbius and that he was cursed with an incubus. Uh-huh. And... Hilda helps him out with that by creating that bracelet to help contain that beast. Mm-hmm. Theo comes out. Real quick, Mist- real quick. How, how oh, yeah. amazing was how amazing was was Theo's story this season? Oh amazing. my god. Well, let's oh. do Theo after that. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I was like, especially this last time around, I was just like, dude, for a while I was like MVP has got to be between Hilda and Theo because Theo was yeah. a fucking badass. Um yeah. but then we also see Lilith um, meeting Adam, oh. uh, Miss Wardwell's yeah, actual was... fiance, and I love that his his name was Adam. Mm-hmm. She starts to fall for him and get engaged. Um, yeah. Nick's familiar, and uh, Roz goes full blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she goes she goes back and forth like twice in this or Roz's sight, but comes and goes in this season. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was a lot in the yeah. Lupercalia episode, but it was still a really good episode. Um but yeah, it's just when I look at my notes, I'm like, Jesus, there was there was a lot, a lot going on there. No, and you're 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 absolutely right. Um actually I have some notes here, you know, in regards to uh uh Miss Wardwell and Adam. You know, you learned that Miss Wardwell and Adam were together for three years before he went to Tibet. I loved the fetish doll that he brought back for Miss Wardwell, who's supposed to be this goody two-shoe woman getting this scary-looking <laughs> doll. It's like... Exactly! It's, like, it's almost like he was meant to be with Lilith in Miss Wardwell's body, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because she loved that doll. She was just like, it's hideous. It's disgusting. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that they decided to, you know, go ahead and name him Adam, you know, with Lilith having been, you know, Adam's first wife or whatever you want to believe. But, and, you know, at first I didn't think he was going to really be that interesting of a character. I thought he was just going to be there kind of as filler, mm-hmm. which in a way he was, but it was necessary filler for Lilith. It showed what she has been missing and what she's been wanting from, and what she expected from Lucifer. Yes. That's what I got from it. And then, you know, she gives him the ring to for protection. Um, obviously, it didn't do a good good enough job because next thing you know, his head is served on a plate to her. Mm-hmm. It's Stalas's fault. Yeah, what a fucking prick, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, she should have been somewhat suspect when she was given back her familiar. Yes, absolutely. She killed him for she killed him for a reason. And she didn't trust him. She yeah. she didn't trust him. 
And now she has him back. What, what, in what mindset do you think you could trust him again? And nonetheless, the Dark Lord just gave it to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because I think she, maybe she was still clinging on to the hope that, you know, she would still maybe eventually be able to, you know, stop Sabrina from fulfilling the prophecy that we later find out about and everything. Yeah. But then the whole Adam thing was just the last straw for her because i mean she even says she's like i've you know basically you are a distraction and i've kind of re refocused what my purpose is before she burns the the ugly yeah but but she didn't get over adam though even though she what she got back to focusing on what her goal was she created the scarecrow named it adam and gave the Mm -hmm. scarecrow you know she made the scarecrow to kill sabrina but it was in adam's name and in honor of him that she did that Mm -hmm. uh it's just i thought he was a for the couple of episodes he was in he was good there to fill the gap and kind of help temporarily close that void that was in her heart Mm -hmm. um because we got to see a small glimpse of what lilith could look like if she was happy yeah that was quickly taken away from her and Mm. the dark Lord proved that I can do anything I want to. You are mine. You you can never outsmart me. You'll never betray me. I won't let you do it. And it's, it's sad. She's a, for lack of better words, she's, she's a slave to him. Mm -hmm. And it sucks. I, I did like when she, her and Sabrina towards the end of the season, were kind of talking about it and everything. And, you know, because then Sabrina finds out that it's been, you know, Miss Wardwell, Lilith, that's been pulling the strings for mm-hmm. Sabrina to fulfill the prophecy and everything. Sabrina yeah. point blank, blank asks her, like, well, why do you still follow Lucifer then? And Missy. Miss <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Wardwell is like, he's all I've ever known. And Sabrina's yeah. like, what a weak excuse. And I was just like, it's, I mean, I liked how she kind of called her out on that, you know, because Lilith is so strong and powerful and everything. You you do kind of wonder, like, why you still follow him around. But, you know, it's it's never that easy. Right. But no, I, no. I, did, I did like that little bit of Sabrina just kind of being like, well, stop. <laughs> but All right. Let's see. Can I, uh... We wanted oh. to talk about Theo and we got caught up on. Oh, sure. Uh, well, actually, it's funny because where I was going to go kind of brings Theo in. Theo in. Right on. Uh, I want to talk about the most fun episode of the entire season. Just the most offbeat episode that's entire season. That was episode four, Dr. Cerberus's House of Horrors. Yes! <laughs> with I love the, this episode. With the tarot reader. Oh, my God. So, Talk first about off. about your filler episodes. I felt this was ultimately... A filler episode. It was the ultimate filler episode. It really was. <laughs> but it's so fun. I love, I don't, I just, this was, I, this, yeah, fun episode. Continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, like, you know, we, we, we meet Miss, uh, Miss McGarvey, who is the tarot reader. You know, she comes in on the rainy day to Dr. Cerberus's. You know, she doesn't have any money, but she's offering the tarot readings. And I love, you know, we get to oh god who do we get we got sabrina we got theos rosalyn zelda and uh harvey and and ambrose all get their own readings okay and each one of their readings was so uniquely catered to their character like 
We'll start with Theo's, even though Theo, Theo, he was the second reading. Theo, I thought, had the weirdest and the funniest and just like the scariest one. It's like, but it's like Theo, and also kind of the saddest too, actually. Actually, I take back, it really wasn't that funny. It was pretty sad because it showed how much Theo wanted to be accepted for who he is, Mm -hmm. that he's willing to sacrifice parts of his body in order to do that, you know? So, I think this episode really allowed us to get into the head and the mind of these characters. But, like, you know, Theo's turning into a tree, you know? Pinocchio. I am Theo. Reverse Pinocchio. Pinocchioing. <laughs> Pinocchioing, yeah. I called it grooting, actually. That's really funny. Ah, nice. <laughs> well, I went with Pinocchio because I think Hilda makes a reference to it, you know? But then at one point, I think Hilda says something along, you know, that basically and this is back from when i used to watch once upon a time mm-hmm. all magic comes with a price dearie so yeah theo went in trying to do some spell not knowing what she what he was doing with the aunt dorothea kind of whispering in his ear and everything yeah. it was so funny because it's the second story in this tarot reading episode and right away i was just like what's up with this aunt dorothea is aunt dorothea evil and then i was like wait it's basically a dream episode. <laughs> these right. aren't like, these events aren't actually happening. But what's funny is I think it's not until Ambrose is reading that we realize that these readings are or can be fairly accurate because as we learn in Ambrose's reading that um okay, so during Ambrose's reading, you know, Basically, Blackwood basically convinces Ambrose to kill his family. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so he could be, you know, accepted back into the church and um, he joined the he, Judas he, Society. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, uh, we learned that after the, I think after the episode is over, during that or during the reading, we learned Luke died. And then after the reading is over and Ambrose confronts father blackwood about ever trying to harm the spellmans mm-hmm. blackwood basically says no i want to do that or whatever he says but then he tells him luke died and then he proposes the idea for ambrose to come in to take his part spot in the church yeah. of judas in the judas society and it shows that these were could have been fairly accurate readings if these people actually would have gone and done the things that you know were uh i guess told to happen i don't know yeah uh, so yeah. it makes me wonder if the if Theo would have really robbed the Spellmans. I'm not trying to be funny, even though I can't help but think it's a little funny. Would Theo have actually turned into a tree? You know, had Theo chosen to do that, there would um, have been some sort of repercussions. But well, and okay, and then also the fact that Theo was willing to just chop off an arm, like the yeah. tree part of the arm, to keep yeah. the body and everything. I was just like, damn. I'm, can you think of and, and while. I was gonna. I was gonna ask the question. Can you think of anything you would have ever wanted so badly to give up an arm? But feeling like you're in the wrong body to begin with is not the same as like, man, I really wanted like a Corvette when I turned sixteen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> to, to you're feel right. Like, you're to feel, right. I, I'm guessing to feel, in a sense, quote, complete. You could possibly be willing to do damn near anything, and I think we do see that in sadder news stories and stuff but that's true that's true but you know overall i mean still i mean that was still a fun episode uh harvey's reading though i thought was actually the coolest one of all of them 
I loved Harvey's reading. I liked it in the sense that the kind of the tone and everything. So Harvey decides to go to um, like art school and he's got some weirdo goth demon roommate or something. Yep. Yep. And I can't remember how his story, his, his tarot reading ended. So the roommate killed himself. Okay. So the, the roommate hung himself and then after the roommate hung himself, uh, Harvey just kind of hung around the apartment that they lived in or the room they lived in and until the glow started coming out of the bottom of the closet door. And it was a blue, glow, bluish glow. And Harvey opened up the door and it was just nothing but a void. And, you know, there was all sorts of weird colors and shit, but like it looked like a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of emptiness. But you could hear voices. So Harvey decides to step into the closet and I actually had to rewind and then pause this because I thought I saw this and I saw it right. Uh, Right as it's about to cut to black and Harvey's reading is over, a figure appears behind Harvey that grabs him by the shoulder and then it just cuts to black. What? Yeah. Yeah. Go back and check it out. Just even for that one part. It was so fucking freaky. I was like, holy shit. I didn't even because it. Like my initial note is, you know, we're going down the line of everyone getting the reading, and I was like, Ugh, Harvey, really? <laughs> like out of all the other characters they could have done the game Harvey. <laughs> I think it was cool because just like with Theo, you know, and what you just said proving about like how far are you willing to go, you know, I guess Harvey feels the same way about his art, you know? Anybody else? would have been out of there probably the same day or the next morning after seeing that shit that just happened with your new roommate. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I have a bit of a, a bit of a Gothic past. I'm not going to lie, but if I'm, if I'm woken up in the middle of the night and my roommate's painting and there's lights and demon voices coming out, I'm fucking out the next day. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. I, play, I don't play that, <laughs> but yeah, you know, kudos to him for sticking it out, I guess, you know, um, I just thought his was a really cool, cool reading. I just thought it was a fun, kind of very dark story. And it just showed that, you know, the art that Harvey portrays and that uh, this other guy portrayed, it's uh, it, it's dark. You know, it's yeah. it, it's scary shit. So demons and stuff like that. But God, who else was there? God, there was Sabrina, of course. Um, yep. She, I don't really that, remember. Basically, hers was, you can trust Nick, but you can't trust the weird sisters. Oh, the basically... magi- oh, right. This was the, it was the magician one when Nick became a magician. Mm-hmm. Oh, which like, then she's floating in space uh, and then she, and then she's frozen to death because, you know, the, the, the weird sisters are bitches to her for whatever fucking mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. It's really funny, actually, because did you notice his performance was intimidating Houdini, who was also one of his heroes that he mentioned to, that he made reference to. And at the end of the reading, uh, when Sabrina's just sitting there looking all like, what the fuck to Miss mm-hmm. Miss Gar- McGarvey? He comes back and says, Sabrina, I got something cool I found. I want to show you. And she's like, what? He's like, it's a book of Houdini's like tricks or, or something like that. Yep. And I was like, oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. so and then, it, let's see. Oh, I was just going to go on to uh, Roz. Roz, yes. In in Roz's um, tarot oh, reading, she... What's that? I said, oh my God, the eye transplant. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the thing that I became the most curious about, like with Roz's tarot reading and then how, how that may or may not play into kind of her storyline or whatever is, you know, we we find out in the tarot reading that her dad's kind of 
corrupt. He's taking parishioners' money from you know collections or whatever yeah, to right. pay for. Um, well, I guess he wasn't taking it. He had asked for donations or whatever. Either way, you get the sense that like her dad's not maybe the most honest. Not holier than now. Yeah. So I was kind of curious on how that was going to, how that would translate in, into the season. And then, you know, with her kind of losing her eyesight back and forth, what kind of strong arm role her dad would have played in that. And right. at one point she does tell Sabrina that like her dad's going to, her dad wants to send her to basically like a blind camp and she'll never yeah. come after that. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. Like it's Some really not painting Raza's dad in the best of light. And that just basically out of everyone's tarot reading in this episode, it just kind of made me curious, like how is this going to translate into the rest of the season? Since it was still fairly early in this about halfway, I guess. But you know, it's like, yeah, Sabrina was kind of taught, told not to trust the weird sisters, but that she could trust Nick. Ambrose, as you said, was probably was the most accurate. Um, There's also Zelda's. Zelda's, Zelda's uh, had one. Yep. She Zelda's was, reading was a little. I mean, it was, I mean, I mean, it was good, but I felt like it was also kind of the weakest of the three. It involved a baby and having to eat a baby, and maybe right. that was like the guilt that she had from one taking slash saving Letitia and then in the Christmas episode giving up Letitia to the wood witch that protects abandoned babies so I kind of took it as more as like a level of like guilt of what she did with the baby and being connected to the church of night like maybe Mm -hmm. she was going against her her coven in that sense that sure sure okay but that was, I don't know, that kind of felt like a reach, but <laughs> otherwise, it, it, yeah, otherwise I didn't really feel like a lot of the stories had anything to do with the rest of the plot, the rest of the season. But I did love how, like, between each one, as it showed their name, it went, boom, that, mm-hmm. that, nice, that, 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 that nice, like, uh, that, that sound, I don't know what, what really, what that is, like, that, that bell, sort of, I thought that yeah. was kind of cool, it, like, it made it seem so dramatic. Yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I love kind yeah. of the overdramatics of the show, just just that campiness again but it's fine and then at the end of the episode and how i didn't because i get i just kind of washed it off as wrote this episode off as a complete fluff so some random weirdo tarot reading lady comes wanders into glendale glendale's a weird place you know there's witches and ghosts and witch hunters and whatever so i didn't think anything of it i was like some random lady just wandering around and then we find Mm -hmm. out it was Miss Wardwell the whole oh. time. Oh, of course it was. I felt so I stupid. <laughs> I feel like that was actually kind of a weak way to end it. It should have just been some random tarot reader. I don't think it had to have been Miss Wardwell. Why? You know? Yeah. Why does it? I mean, why does everything have to be? Why does everything have to go back to her? You know? I feel like it would have been a lot better and a much stronger ending had it just been some random woman who came through town. You know, so, but that's That's just my opinion. But a a good, fun episode. Now, I want to, I want to go back and I want to talk about the missionaries episode. I'm holding up my piece of paper like you can see it, like this one. Bam. There it is. There There it is. is. (laughs) I love this episode. I think this is probably my favorite episode of the season. Um, 
Actually, it's funny. I don't know if you, if you can read this, but this is my notes from see it from episode six, the missionaries, but it says best episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a great episode. I, cause first of all, so we find out that it, it starts off with like two weeks ago or something. Yeah. Luke, Luke was still alive at that time and he was being tortured by some fanatic missionary, which we later find out in the episode, they're angels. Yep. And they're there to kill the witches, convert the witches, whatever. The mm-hmm. whole kind of point of them is for really Sabrina to kind of come into her own. Because at the end, she is the unholy trinity. You know, she's mm-hmm. floating in the air. She's got the, the crown of thorns. She was shot with an arrow so many times. Um, she is the Dark Lord's sword. That the is Dark what Lord. she yeah. is. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. And it's um, at the beginning of that episode, you know, we learn, you know, what Luke's fate. We learned that Luke was willing to betray his coven to, mm-hmm. to be just so he could live, which mm-hmm. obviously that didn't work out too well for him. No. Uh, the, I don't know who the people were, the, the, the actors that they got to play the missionaries, especially that particular missionary um, who killed Luke and was going to kill Sabrina. But, man, they were good. They, yeah. they were so good at portraying their roles. You know, I was I, I'm actually more convinced that if angels and demons were real, I am convinced that this is how angels would act. <laughs> yeah. I find it very interesting how angels are portrayed in different shows. So we see we don't this is really like the first time we see angels or anything of like the holy side of within this show so far. Right. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, cause uh, they're, yeah I mean, no, it's the first time it's the first time. And they, we see that they are, <laughs> they are cuckoo and violent and dangerous. But then also like the way angels are portrayed in Good Omens, the way angels are portrayed in Supernatural, with the exception of Castiel. Um, okay. I also stopped watching after the Leviathan season, so I'm like eight seasons behind. But mm-hmm. those are kind of my top examples that I can I can think of where it's like, yeah, you know, these are the angels, but we see how like how dirty they can be and how just not given any shits and vengeful and all that, you know? Right. Well, I think it was, uh, uh, and I didn't write this down, but um, I think Sabrina said something like, mm, I thought angels were supposed to be, you know, nice and pure. And then Nick's Harvey like, says that, I think. Oh, right. Sure. And then, uh, oh, you're right. It was Harvey. And then Nick says, uh, you forget it. You forget mortal. Uh, angels are the ones with the fiery swords. Mm-hmm. So. And that was an excellent point. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Man, oh. what a, seriously, if that wasn't an episode to set up what we could expect from Sabrina and where I guess we could have, I was expecting the show to go from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was, that was just a straight up fun episode to watch and it yeah. really grips you. Um, we also see this is the episode that um, the Dark Lord basically tricks uh, Miss Wardwell. He poses as Adam. And then that's when it's yep. revealed that, you know, what, she was never, you know, there was never a trip for them to take to go off and be happy. And yeah. Yeah, there was when, no bet her future. Yep. And then that's when it's revealed that she's been eating Adam. And then he makes her and then the Dark Lord makes her finish her plate. <sighs> that was Terrible. so gross. And then her Terrible. all, you know, obviously throwing up and get, you know, getting sick in the bathroom and just mad and angry and then that's when she kills Stalas and kind of is like 
out for revenge at that point. Yeah. I found it interesting though, that, um, in this, in this episode, you know, there was that rift there kind of at the beginning or not at the beginning, sort of towards the middle where Sabrina's trying to come back to her friend's life. And they're like, you've been gone. You know, she didn't know Roz was blind. You know, Mm -hmm. she's offering to, you know, to cure Roz's uh, blindness with magic. And then she uh, gives Roz the, um, what's it called? It was the little pouch. Um, Yeah. Like a comfort kind of thing. Just um... something. Yes. Oh, comfort charm that's what it was called yeah. it was just called a comfort charm okay <laughs> of course it is so <laughs> the officer the comfort charm and you know you know and Roz is just like is that supposed to comfort me or is that supposed to comfort you mm-hmm. and a lot of the things sabrina does she thinks she's doing for everybody else but she's really doing it to satisfy herself and exactly. i think it's i think that was a good way to call out sabrina mm-hmm. um because and even though from went, Roz. and for it to come from Roz like that it's because it also came from Roz that 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 yeah. sabrina kind of had to wake up a little bit you mm-hmm. know um and realize that you know this isn't all about you you may be the one with the powers but you're not that special and then, then, of course, when uh, uh, Roz has the vision, which puts her hand on the charm of Sabrina being dead, and it's like, okay, I got I to gotta tell her what's going on. Mm-hmm. But just, I thought it was an interesting way to get Sabrina to wake up a little bit about what she's been doing to her friends. Yeah. You know, and just not being there for them. Because they're just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm blind now. Where were yeah. you when this started happening? Yeah, so. you're always gone. You're here, and then you take off, and... Yeah, no. And I I admit, I didn't really like how angry Roz got when she lost her sight again. And that's why she kind of snapped and, and called Sabrina out because she was she was upset about being blind again. And she was upset, too, because I think was it at that? I, well, because she goes she goes blind twice in this season. Right. Does she? No, Does I'm sorry. Twice? I might be getting the goddamn tarot card episode mixed in there, but yeah, I, I think she only, she only really went blind the one time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's, cause at first she, she's worried that um she kind of thinks that Sabrina did it to her. She's like, Oh, how come I kiss your ex-boyfriend? And then suddenly I go blind. blind. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, it's a uh, Roz, Roz's character in this particular season is uh grown up too. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's becoming a little i mean she's becoming a little more bitchy i feel but that not in a bad way you know she she she's starting she's standing up for herself she's she she's learning that i don't think she's afraid to take what she wants which is really cool she's still a very empathetic and sympathetic character all all at the same time um and i think we also learned that roz is willing to do anything to help her friends as well we also learned she really cares for Harvey. Like yeah. I know they hook, they hook up, yes, but she really cares for Harvey. Mm-hmm. So, and that that I think that's really good. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything bad to say about Roz for this season. I think she, I, I, I think she's still being Roz. You know, yeah, she went blind. It sucked, but she actually was dealing with it and she was learning to learning to cope with it. Like when they, her and uh, uh, Harvey were listening to the recordings on the tape player. Yeah, and. Harvey was going to switch the tape for her. And she's like, no, I, I need to learn. And yep. she was becoming accepting of it. Yep. She did start to come around and, you know, and her anger with, you know, having lost her sight and maybe a little bit kind of lash, not really lashing out at Sabrina, but, you know, just kind of snapping at her a bit. 
completely all understandable. Yeah. You know, it, you yeah. completely understandable. And yeah, I, I love Roz. I think she's, and I love that she's becoming again with your idea of the theme of acceptance, accepting her cunning and you trusting it yeah. and, yeah. and really using it. Cause so she, yeah, she has that vision of Sabrina being attacked by the missionary. So right, they call right. Sabrina Harvey. I think Harvey runs over there to, to check on her and everything. And then at the end of the, of the season, when they're down there at the gates of hell and Roz uses her cunning to kind of see what's going on with the gates. And then she gets the visions of the symbols mm-hmm. and then <laughs> out of fucking nowhere, she's just like, well, here, Harvey, maybe I can, maybe you can see what I see. If I like I, I, touch your I shoulder, wrote, I'm like, I, I wrote that why? down too. I was like, it's wow. a, it, I mean, that's great. And that worked out perfectly <laughs> for the situation. But what made you think that that was fill, possible? They had to fill the gap. They yeah. had to. They had to. How else are these three teenagers strapped with with, with, with rifles and dynamite going to prevent the, you know, the, the gates of hell from opening? They had to fill in that gap. So and that was the way to do it. Well, and again, and we see. Um, with Theo, you know, because Roz is there, she's passing on the vision of the symbols to Harvey so he can sketch them out. Theo's grabbing them and is lining them all in front of the gates of hell. This is now, I think, at least the third time of badass, because that's scary to try and like run up to the gates of hell and be like, and then <laughs> run back. And But she killed the, oh, the, the Mudrake. So oh, the episode okay. where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so the episode where Sabrina... The mandrake. Um, mandrake. The mandrake. Uh, right. She gets Sabrina gets rid of her witchy sign and yeah. it gets put into some yeah. ginger root or something. <laughs> that was a really good episode too. I thought that episode was. A, I thought that they told a really good story in that episode because Sabrina loses her powers. Mm-hmm. You know, and basically now we have this other version of Sabrina running around who uh, who Miss Wardwell intends to use to fulfill the prophecy Mm -hmm. and here we have theo who wakes up in the middle of the woods you know as himself and sees his friends just in these like weird like cocoony things Mm -hmm. and then then sees their doppelgangers and is like no i'm gonna i'm gonna smash your fucking face in with a rock harvey number two yeah how bad ass is that like come on it was a little funny too i was great it was great but just like also like i kind of like the uh uh the demeanor that the other sabrina had you know the uh like why don't you want to be my friend you know very childlike she was literally born that day (laughs) yeah Yeah, well there you go she uh but man the way else. that Sabrina, though, the real Sabrina cheated in the. Uh, oh, I wrote. Actually, hold on, real quick. I wrote down here. Was one of the last things that I wrote. Okay, uh, Sabrina kills her Mandrake. Kills her Mandrake in a pistol duel. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were able to convince her, like, oh, this is old witch law, and so like Ambrose and his bullshit. <laughs> And then the 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 Mandrake's just like, oh oh okay, I trust you. <laughs> it's oh, like, and then, 
it's like take 10 steps and then on number nine sabrina turns around shoots the mandrake in the back and it's like first off did you see what that pistol looked like that thing was old okay that was like a revolutionary war pistol who the would have one of those nonetheless that's working (laughs) so weird maybe ambrose if he's been alive that long so <laughs> it seems been... like somebody who would take care of his things so yes exactly. maybe you're, maybe i mean you're he's right. been on house arrest for 70 years the fuck else he's gonna do but clean his world war ii pistol <laughs> damn it you are right you're so right Gosh. yeah i felt like there was something else that theo did so theo 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 came out made the basketball team saved theo. them from the uh ginger root Theo was very enthusiastic about getting to the gate of hell. If you remember, very enthusiastic. He, yep. He was like, it's like, let's go. <laughs> Killed the white witch that guarded the gates of hell. Uh, yes. Yes. In, uh, in, in, uh, uh, mine 13 or what I think it was. Yeah. Uh, yep. 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 Yeah. That, that was kind of random, but I, I thought that was kind of freaky too. It's like mm-hmm. that. So I have like this fear of old people. Um, because I think like old people are really scary, like really scary looking. Um, <laughs> so when I saw her in like all her white hair and like kind of like all like wrinkly, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh I, I was like, like I looked at it like it was a bug. I was like, kill it, kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when this part's over. <laughs> oh, oh man. But yeah, Theo I, I think Theo uh uh killed the witch with a pickaxe to her back, yes. which was crazy. And yeah. then it was shortly after that they find that shrine to Sabrina in the mm-hmm. same mine, which for some reason had lit candles. I mean, I guess somebody found the time to go, you know, the witch found the time to light candles there. Yeah, to go out <laughs> and get candles. And to light them. <laughs> but, you know, we're dealing with the dark art. So who knows? Maybe they just... How the did she find materials to make candles? Where did the racks come from? I didn't think about that till now. <laughs> Crazy old lady. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, don't trust old people. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Who have we got left? We've. I mean, I know we've got Sabrina left, but I figured we'd save her. You know, let's talk about Satan. You want to talk about Satan? Okay, so my first about note about Satan was that I was disappointed in his voice. Oh, really? <laughs> Why? Because he was British? No, and this is before the human, we see the human version in his original form. So this was still back in like the second episode. Oh, okay. And I think it's when the Dark Lord comes to uh, Miss Wardwell, Lilith, yeah. for whatever reason. But yeah. he starts speaking and it's like, because it's got that, you know, the, the devil head and you know and everything yeah yeah it, yeah, yeah. It, it just didn't seem deep enough or scary enough Did the voice changed between season one and season two i didn't notice i don't know i mean quite possibly now that maybe they had to cast a, an actor to put a face to human sure. satan sure. sure would be my guess but okay. um you know because in in good omens uh benedict cumberbatch voices satan and he's got an amazing voice, and I love Benedict Cumberbatch's voice. So I'm just like, yeah, it needs to be like deep. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But so that was my first note about Satan was that I was disappointed in his voice. But okay. 
Um, but then they gave us human Satan's butt. So I was like, all right, fine. There you go. There you go. Gotcha. You got <laughs> the trade-off. Uh, and the um, claw. <laughs> but so the first time I watched it, I, I found Satan to be a little underwhelming. I was a, a smidge disappointed. Okay. I, not for any real good reason. I guess that's just not how I envisioned him to look like Satan was going to look like during the second rewatch though, started to kind of grow on me. I'm like, all right, you know, this, this works, whatever. I, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't know what my issues were the first time, but the second time I was just like, it's fine. Right. Right. I like that. We got their little backstory. I'm always a sucker for anything involving a flashback. So the fact that we flashback to when Lilith and uh, Lucifer first met after he fell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, cool too. I w- actually wish it would have gone a little longer, a little more into that. Mm-hmm. Overall, we only got about maybe like three minutes worth of story altogether there. Um, well, and I feel like they, they relied maybe too much on in, in the earlier, uh, early half of the season where they were, the Academy was doing their school play. Which I thought was adorable that uh, an academy, oh, a, a Super Star. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that so was cool. they 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 get Lilith's story, and it was very kind of emotional in the moment and everything. You find out what happened to Lilith, and you know Miss Wardwell standing there watching her story being told, mm-hmm. getting a little yeah. verklempt. So yeah, I agree. I felt like they should have they could have done a little bit more with the backstory and the flashbacks and everything, and maybe had left out. I don't know. You know, I you know, I don't know if I misunderstood this. And if you got a different impression, let me know. But from what I was gathering from that episode where Lilith was explaining their backstory, is that when Lucifer fell, he fell where Greendale would eventually be founded. Yeah. Is that did you get that impression? Because that's what the impression I got. Yeah, absolutely. Because then, yeah, that's where because then Sabrina's like, well, is that why Glendale's so messed up? It's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a portal. I mean, it makes sense. And, and well, you know, and that does make sense because one, the the mines is basically almost like the corridor to the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense that where he fell is where he would establish his ultimate domain. You know, um, so that yeah, I guess yeah, Greendale is where hell. It was founded on the on the grounds of hell, I guess. So cool. Oh, um, they're so lucky. Yay, good for them. That makes <laughs> that makes picking school mascots so easy. The devils. <laughs> <laughs> but, so that episode is called the Mephesto Waltz. So the Mephesto Waltz is you know the dance that Sabrina and her father <laughs> yeah we also learn we i'm sorry i think we skipped over that yeah uh, we learned that <laughs> lucifer is actually sabrina's father not edward um which is just weird and it's funny too because so you kind of start getting a sense that sabrina is more than just a witch with um in the missionaries episode and the episode after that when she starts performing the miracles yeah she comes back to life oh and then in the missionaries episode too i wanted to note that i liked when she first fell after being shot with the arrows before she rose up and she's laying on the on the ground and she's bleeding out do you notice the blood it's like angel wings i'd have to look at it again i didn't realize that Yep. I, I kind of noticed that and I was like, ah, good job. You know, cause she's got the crown and everything. Sure. Sure. Um, sure. But yeah, you really start getting, cause then she, she brings herself back to life. She brings Ambrose back to life. She doesn't yep. need to do all these other 
you know, she doesn't need to make a sacrifice to restore Raza's sight. And even Hilda's like, that's not how right. our magic works. You're racking up like a heavy cosmic and, debt. And even she said to, Hel- to, to Hilda, she's like, I don't think I can die. Um, and, you know, and she, she might be right. We don't know yet. She, I mean, she even, uh, her and, her and uh, Nicholas were talking about how perhaps this is what Edward has discovered. And that by mingling with mortals, you know, that we can descend to a higher power than what we are right now. Mm-hmm. And she is the seed of that. She is the proof of what, you know, the future of their kind could be if they were to, you know, have relations with, you know, relations with more with mortal men and women. And I think that's, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking a power beyond what even Father Blackwell can even comprehend, mm-hmm. you know, or Blackwood. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, my cat's meowing outside the door right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, we kind of start seeing these things where you're just like, oh, she's she's more than a witch. What What are these? Yeah, is it some sort of bigger thing of having been more half mortal. Cause I think she says to Nicholas that she always looked at being half, witch, half mortal, like half mortal as like a, a downside or something mm-hmm. like, um, more or less like a handicap, something that always held her back. And then the camera pans to Nick and he goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, I just, that That's took funny. me out of the moment and I just started laughing. I was like, that wasn't necessary. You're just like, yep. It sure did. That's really good. That's good. But, uh, shit, now I lost my train of thought. But yes, we find out uh, in the later episode that yep, she's she's the she's Satan's she's the daughter of Satan. My mm. note on that was Edward, you are not the father. <laughs> Maury, Maury. Oh, that's funny. Um, Maury. <laughs> I love it. But you know, it's uh, it, it, it's interesting because you know, even uh, with that, you know, uh, when Lucifer is at uh, Dorian's gray room. And uh, he summons Father Blackwood and he tells Blackwood straight up, you know, you are going to worship and bow to Sabrina. And at that moment, Blackwood truly shows how much in a split second, how much he really despises Sabrina just by saying, I beg your pardon mm-hmm. or, or excuse me. Is that what he said? He's like, excuse me. And the fact that he this ultimate worshiper, you know, at that moment questioned his God um shows that his just no lack of better words hatred for sabrina spellman is beyond his faith Mm -hmm. so and as we learn going into season three that clearly shows because he's yeah i think you know what i'm talking about so it's uh it's interesting to show how quickly people will turn against the things that they believe and i think and what in the and the people in deities they believe in and i think that shows that in that just one moment there sure he still kind of show cowers and fears when the the dark lord's like do you question me but Mm -hmm. what to do at that exact moment Mm -hmm. but then he goes back to the church and what we said earlier he basically poisons his coven denounces the church you know what were they called the the church of night crap i can't think of it yeah the church of night yeah and then and then announces that they're now the church of judas Mm-hmm. Which gonna be teaching of the more old misogynistic ways, and even the devil was like, "Why?" You know. So he was like, "I knew Judas, and, <laughs> and he's yeah, not that great." He, and he said, "You are no Judas." Yeah. So 
Father Father Blackwood in that episode shows that he is he's going to go his own path. Mm-hmm. It's a weird path, but and he truly does. But it's going to be a uh, yeah season season four. I think I'm going to look forward to. They just got to cut out the fucking musical numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's, um, that's a season three conversation we'll get to that at a later time well because they did i mean they've no they've got them though they you know in the what season one when they're she's trying out to be a cheerleader and they do the um it's tricky cheer that's, well that's season three oops never mind so, then yeah because they overdid <laughs> that <laughs> yeah well season this- one season one the music kind of made sense because zelda came in and she was taken over as the choir teacher for Lady Blackwood. That made sense. But in season two, actually, I, or I wrote here. Uh, God, I took three pages of notes on the last episode. Uh, here we go. So uh, Dur- uh, when Sabrina comes down the stairs for the uh, Dur- uh, to meet the Dark Lord, she starts singing. And then I wrote, more to come. The the other moment um, during the little crowning ceremony, she sings a song and they're all dancing and it's all just a ruse, you know. It's all a bunch of glamour or whatever to yeah, right. Trying to, to but it's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I mean, I don't mind a little bit of musical numbers. That it's not like a musical number bothers me, but it has to make sense with what's mm-hmm. going on. You can't just throw a musical number in an episode nine of nine and expect it to just kind of be. I don't know. I think we were supposed to accept it really quickly that it was what it was what it was, but I didn't expect that to be the pre be a predecessor into what what was to come after that. Yeah, that what that I didn't expect. Now, and don't get me wrong, I'm all for a musical-themed episode here and there. Um, Scrubs had their musical episode was great, and I love that episode. Didn't The Flash do a musical episode also? I'm pretty sure it did. There was, yeah, because there was a crossover. I think it was, that might have been The Flash, or it might have just been one of the uh, CWDC crossover episodes, because he's singing with um, Supergirl. Or it just could have been a Supergirl Flash crossover but uh, ultimately it's not an uncommon thing for tv shows to do that right and i don't have a problem with an entire episode being built and themed that way but yeah when it's just kind of randomly thrown into a scene in an episode of the you know like you said of the last season or of the season it really has to make sense and i suppose looking back now that ballroom scene it was just to try and distract the dark lord with the razzle dazzle of shiny crowns gold dresses people singing in masks and everything mm-hmm. but it, it didn't need i just it it still felt out of place there was still something off about it and i just right. i mean i even wrote here i was like satan's masquerade ball this party looks weak <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and then i have to say when i was watching it and i didn't and I'll I got to go back and take a look. But so in in the masquerade ball, Nick's outfit that he's wearing to the masquerade looks mm-hmm. an awful lot like um, Yeskers from The Witcher. Oh, 
Oh, one, one of the okay. one of the things that Yesker wears, and I wanted to pull up an image of a side by side to see how close they are, because I'm like, well, Which they're both Netflix Yesker? productions. He's the one who's saying toss a coin to your Witcher. Yeah, he's the bard. Yeah. Okay. okay, right on. So I'm like, they're very similar, but clothing in that you know quote you know that kind of time period or whatever is all you know poofy and whatever. Right. But I was I was like, but they're both Netflix series. <laughs> mm. We you know it's no secret that productions recycle wardrobe and sets and and stuff like that so Hmm. it just made me a little curious i don't know why i concern myself with these these things you got an eye for detail (laughs) (laughs) i got something wrong with me um yeah so sabrina she she is the daughter of satan now she has come she now has completed all the steps that fulfill that prophecy, everything having to do with that cave, uh, the, the cave mm-hmm. um, down in the mines. Yep, yep. And now they've got, now they're working with Miss Wardwell to try and put Satan back in that weird baby bouncy ball thing. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The, the Akron configuration. Yes. And that's really all it is. It's one of those baby bouncy things just painted cool. <laughs> So they try, so, and it almost works. They get them in there. Yeah, that's true. And then yeah. it breaks out. Well, I mean, I don't think you're really going to hold the devil too well in a, in a baby bouncy, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a demon, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe batty bat. Maybe that's fine for batty bat. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I, my opinion of the guy, uh, of Satan in this season, I mean, I've, I mean, I, th- I think he's okay. I, I don't. I, I don't think he was a bad casting choice. Uh, the guy does have kind of a si- sinister tone to his voice. Um, you're right. I, he's not exact. Doesn't exactly sound the way that I would expect the devil's devil to sound. But at the same time, I've never really thought about what would the devil sound like. So, you know, maybe he is a fine English gentleman. You know, I mean, I expect that to be a little more accurate than like someone who sounds like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Right. You know. <laughs> just saying all grotesque and shit so imagine that the devil would hold himself in a higher regard to other people he he, his whole demeanor is to prove that you'll never be better than me you know and i am your ruler so why not dress and dress the part you know of course we forget to mention that he was an angel so he was cast from heaven so lucifer it's not like lucifer has always been this evil bastard devil the whole time um so he's got his his ripped his fucking ripped bod and <laughs> yeah. you know his his nice hair and all of that i mean keep in mind it is loincloth that's right <laughs> but no i thought the i thought the actor who played him did a really good job even with the little screen time that he was given just i think in the one episode but he was a, he was a very big part of that episode and he does become much obviously have a much bigger role going into season three we see him a lot more uh so yeah um i wasn't disappointed with him i wasn't at all yeah like i said during the second time i was just like nah it's it's fine it makes sense and yeah again don't know what my issues possibly would have were the first time because i was like months ago and time has stopped existing during quarantine so i don't know day to day or minute to minute but but yeah all in all a really good season i thought again Mm -hmm. a lot a lot going on um, but I thought they kind of did a pretty good job of bringing it all together at the end yeah. in a sense, cause right. there's still the, okay. So we end, we end the season with, um, Sabrina is crowned, 
but they mm-hmm. capture Satan. She gives uh, Satan, Nick takes Satan into his body. Sabrina gives the crown to Miss Wardwell. Miss mm-hmm. Wardwell then carries the de- the Satan possessed Nicholas off into the sunsetty pits of hell to rule and keep him I don't know whatever safe. Um, That's funny. And then original Wardwell comes back and she's yeah. famished. She's famished. I'm like really after eating a whole atom you're still hungry. <laughs> I'm still hungry? Damn. Um, That's funny. And then, yeah, and then Sabrina, Harvey, Roz, and Theo all just, like, being really close now. And, like, oh, we're the we're the Fright Club, so Harvey's not allowed to name things anymore. <laughs> ever. That's funny. We're going to go down to save Nick. Um, Ambrose and Prudence have now teamed up to go looking for Blackwell mm-hmm. and the twins. Because mm-hmm. um, Prudence had turned to the Spellmans to help save the little bit le- of the of the academy so like her yep. sisters a small handful of the kids z goes ahead and names herself the high priestess of the church yep. of lilith <laughs> yes. yes you are that that is absolutely right and why uh, the hell don't we worship lilith more i mean just in general i don't know i couldn't tell you <laughs> that you know and, and actually that was a really really cool satisfying end to the story because a lot of things happened this season and a lot of things happened in the end Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of changes, but, and basically it's everything you just touched up on. And even though they do approach all of this in season three, I, I personally wish they just kind of would have done it a little differently. Sure. Um, but we'll talk about that later. A couple things really quick. Cause I know yeah. that we're pretty much getting close to wrapping up here. Things that we really haven't talked about and we don't need to really focus on it a whole lot is one, uh, the introduction of Dorian Gray into this yeah. show. We've mentioned Dorian Gray's, his bar, his club, his men's club uh, throughout this uh, conversation. But the the guy, the character himself, very cool. I love that they, uh, for a little bit there, went into the back, very briefly went into some Dorian Gray backstory with his his portrait, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. hiding, uh, you know, when uh, Ambrose was uh, on the run. Yeah, Uh, that was a neat trick. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that, about uh, Ambrose being set up for uh, killing the anti-pope. I know, because it's just, again, it's 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 so much. Because, yeah, um, yeah Ambrose is, is framed by Blackwood yep. to kill the anti-pope. Because Leviathan to, to control him. I mean... And shit. Leviathan was given to Ambrose by Blackwood, so... Yep, yep. And then... And then, yeah, Z being a weird Stepford witch, and then she kills. Because then, because then Sabrina goes and she finds Leviathan, she brings it back, and then they try to take it home and, and put keep him safe. But then her and Hilda get into a big fight, and then Z wanders in, all, la, 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 and runs it through the meat grinder. <laughs> oh la la la. Okay, yep. But but it's true. That is what that that I mean. That's exactly what happened. That is exactly <laughs> what happened. So and but you know what? I felt like when they caught her doing that, I felt like Sabrina's reaction was a little underwhelming, don't you? Because she was just like, oh, she was just like, Aunt C, what are you doing? Hi. Instead of freaking out, be like, what the fuck? Sorry, but I would have just kept that rat on me at like I'd have stuck it in my pocket or something. You know what? Right? I mean? Uh, yeah, know, but... so, that was funny. But um, anyways, yeah. So like the uh, the introduction of Dorian Gray was really cool. I thought he was a really awesome character to bring into the show. I was yeah. not expecting that. So and I loved 
Oh, my favorite part with him was where, during the missionaries actually episode, actually, when he yeah. got shot through the throat yes. and then and then they think he killed him. And then he goes behind the angel. He goes, you she's like, you bitch. Initially, I was like, oh, shit, he killed Dorian Gray. I was like, wait, he can't. <laughs> you, have to, you have to get the portrait, right? That's right. the that's the lore of Dorian Gray because yep. his soul or whatever, his true age I don't know. The, the portrait has to remain so he stays young. But once you destroy the por- portrait, doesn't he like rapidly age and, and he decays and then he decays, does. Yeah. 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 League of uh, extraordinary gentlemen and yeah, I mean, I just thought he was a great introduction to the or mm-hmm. introduction to the show, and he comes into season three, and he's I think he's actually probably one of the better characters in season three. So I, yes. I love Dorian in the next season. Also, even though we only mentioned one of them, the three plague kings, even though they were only in for like an episode, I thought it was interesting because so we had uh, Asmodeus, Person, and Beelzebub. I had to write those yes. down. No yep. way I would remember those names. So Asmodeus was uh, the plague of rats. Uh, person is the plague of bats and Beelzebub is the plague of flies. I thought when they were introduced at the end of the Christmas episode that they were going to play a much bigger role in season two. Like I thought these were going to be like the main baddies. Mm-hmm. They were all taken out by the end of season one. Yeah. It was disappointing because I felt like they were all very easily defeated. Like Asmodeus uh, was easily taken out just by a quick spell that, you know, it, that uh, uh, Sabrina found in the library. A mm-hmm. uh, person was taken out by a fucking flute. Oh, <laughs> she put, uh, she played a, she played a flute, and then he was gone. It's like what? And then Beelzebub was whisk, whisked away by Miss Wardwell. But in the defense, there, Beelzebub recognized her immediate, like almost immediately, and she yeah. was like, "Nope, enough of that." <laughs> but then they got summoned back during the, uh, uh, what was it? I think it's the Conjuring. Um... Oh no! Because wasn't that when like Blackwood, uh, Blackwood and Z were getting married, and then um, Sabrina and Nick Storman in a glamour as Edward? Was it that? That one? was the wedding. That was yeah. the wedding. Episode. Yeah. No, no, no. But this is at the one, one point they it was, confront. It was during the third challenge. Uh, uh for Top Boy. The, yeah. yeah, it was, and it was called the Conjuring. Um, the Nick and uh, Sabrina teamed up because they believed that Father Blackwood had summoned the demons to try to kill Sabrina, so she wouldn't yeah. get the role as Top Boy. Yeah. We learned that's not the case. But what I found interesting is, even though they didn't really go into too much with them, we learned that the demons were not summoned by anybody. They nope. came on their own. And even the funnier part was, is when. Uh, Lucifer was confronted about it by um, by by Lilith at the beginning of the episode. After that, he had no recollection that that was even happening. Now the demons in hell are starting to act on their own free will. Yeah. So that I found actually kind of kind of. I wish they would have explored that a little more because I thought more, that. Was yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, so just introducing those kind of smaller side characters, I thought was also just a really good thing for the show as well. <laughs> yeah. Again, it would have been nice if they had played a slightly larger role, but it almost felt like, yeah, because they were introduced last season, fans were expecting to s- probably see them again this season. So it was just right. like, oh, here they are. And now they're gone. One thing I did wanted to bring up was the guy that played the anti-pope. Um, he's kind of one of those, oh, it's that guy. Like he's in, yep. he's been in like a ton of shit. You know his so, face. 
His his name is Ray Weiss, Wise, okay. W-I-S-E. And when he popped up on the screen as the anti-pope, I just couldn't stop giggling because he played the devil in the show called uh, Reaper, which maybe lasted like a season and a half. Oh. And it's about this, this guy, he finds out that his parents had sold his soul to the devil when he was little for whatever reason. And now the devil has come to collect his soul. So he's... Well, not collect a soul, but basically kind of put him to work. And he's like, now you have to go collect these souls. So it's kind of him trying to do these like devilly things, but still try to be a good person. I probably didn't explain it well, but it used to be on Netflix. It's called Reaper. Came out probably like early, mid 2000s, season and well, a half, maybe. It, I mean, if it's on Netflix, then I should be able to find it pretty easily. It'd be um, a quick binge. It's nothing too deep or heavy. It's just kind of a fun, light sitcom. That if Ray Wise happened to play the play the devil in. I know that you and I had discussed for a much future show we were going to do uh, a special about doing uh, horror movies. Yeah. Uh, I was also thinking, and I actually just thought about this during this episode um, when we were talking about Dorian Gray. Have you ever seen the movie uh, that's seen the show Penny Dreadful? Yes. I think I that love... might be made. That <sighs> might make for a good. Uh, for for a good Halloween episode, if you're down. Absolutely. I watched that one, yeah, years and years ago. Just happened upon it through Netflix. Like, oh, what's this? This looks cool. And started yeah. watching it. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of fucking in this show. Cool. <laughs> and now they Showtime has brought it back. And now it stars, well, fuck, what is her name? I know there's a new season, but I didn't. I don't know anything about it. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. But I haven't watched it. Los Angeles or something like that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think like so. Um, yeah. City of Angels, maybe, I think is what it might be called. But yeah, because yeah, it's on yep, Showtime. Yep, yep, yep. That's what it's we called. Don't, yeah, we don't have Showtime. I pay enough to not have commercials. <laughs> I don't need to add another monthly charge. I can Fair wait. Enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair but enough. I would absolutely love to go and revisit Penny Dreadful because that... And that's a show that I thought started really well, but I, I, I felt like their last season kind of flopped in, piece, in, in parts. Oh, but with Dracula? I think so. I'd have to go back yeah. and rewatch, but I, I yeah. remember being a little underwhelmed with the last season. Yeah. But, but they, uh, you know what? I feel like if we could talk about that, we could just keep on, keep, keep on going. So we'll oh, yeah. save that another time. But no, so um, overall, season two, best of the three seasons, in my opinion. Like you said, there was so much going on. So much going on. Sometimes it was a little hard to keep up with, but... I think they, after you watch watch it maybe two times, you get a good sense of everything that's happening with everybody. Uh, actually, before we cut it off, I realized the only character we really haven't fully focused on is Sabrina. We didn't, and yeah, we didn't fully focus on her, but I mean, she came up throughout each throughout character, and yeah, she did. I mean, I think everything we needed to say about Sabrina, we said. Oh, but one thing we didn't talk about in the first episode that I know you wanted to talk about in this episode, which we almost ran out of time for, was the statue at the Academy of Unseen Arts. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. So as fans are probably aware, when the first season came out... Satanist group was very offended with how they were being portrayed. And so, <laughs> and so the second season. Oh my god. Like, All right, we'll demolish the statue. And 
<laughs> I can't even tell it without laughing. So oh, in the season, because Blackwood funny. is trying to remake the church in his image, the church of Judas and all his misogynistic tones and everything, he destroys oh because it got destroyed during the missionary episodes with the yep. witch hunters so mm. then he puts up a new statue of mm. him yep. and women bowing to him and this yep. bullshit which then yep. prudence uses her head and right decapitates but, but you're right the, the the actual the real life church of satan <laughs> was offended and and and, and, and well well uh, the thing is is that what it came down to and i never realized this but that image is copyrighted yeah. i never ever ever knew that i mean i didn't know you could copyright the image of a god so that's what i found interesting they did they sued netflix because they used the their their actual image uh of satan um in the statue without their consent i mean it <laughs> look i have nothing against anyone who were who worships the devil you know no. I, I don't I have nothing against them, but that is not very devil-like, in my opinion. Okay, I feel like Satan would have just told you to suck it up. I feel like it would have that he would have absolutely, but um, oh god, that's it's so funny. It's so funny. Every time when I first heard about it, it made me laugh, and then when we brought it up after we recorded our first episode, I laughed and clearly. It's still just as funny as the first time I heard it. <laughs> hey man, they said they say any they said they said there's no bad press, so there you go. Yep. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you brought that up. That's funny. But yeah, no, this is uh this was good, and I feel like um this isn't gonna be my last time watching season two. It was too good to not watch it again. Mm-hmm. So it's very I think it's very rare in television that you can make something that rewatchable. This is that's my yeah. opinion. So <laughs> I, I I definitely found it a lot uh, again because I watched it the first time with the idea with the concept of or you know idea of watching it for the podcast. So this time feeling like I really got to enjoy it more as a viewer and not someone like I need to pay attention and jot things down. And yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, absolutely I agree. I think I definitely enjoyed it more the second time around. Um and just kind of picking up on some of the things that just kind of stood out to me where I'm like, oh, that was neat and oh what the fuck right. and Right, right. Cool. Um, cool. But yeah, we're um, we'll go ahead and wrap up this like two-hour recording. <laughs> so, but hey, um, thanks for thanks for being on today, and thanks for having me. Always absolutely. a pleasure. I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy, you and your family. You guys you got as well. It. Thank you. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for joining me, Eric, and um, stay safe and keep streaming. Bye. Bye, everybody.